Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pie Hard from the COVID capital. And of course, it wouldn't be 2020 without a football curveball. And it comes in the form of a football carnivale, the likes of which you would see at a football world cup or one of Turbo's keys in a bowl party. It's a football fiesta and this is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. One's had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. Because we don't have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. Okay. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable in the cell. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. You are listening to Pie Hard, the show about Collingwood unearthing the hidden story, strange beauty and offbeat culture of the pies and beyond. And we'll get to culture in a second, but first let's welcome the Pie Hard team. Joining me as always is Alex Watkins and Jay Tarabo. Welcome, friends. Great to be here. It's good to be here. Jay, what's it, what's it like to be back in uh, Victoria? Well, I've left the, uh, I guess, the Australian capital of the keys in the bowl parties, uh, and I've come to the, uh, I guess, the the area, Victoria, the keys in the bowl area, Gippsland. Um, so it's good to be back, and it's good to hear the keys are still rattling. Collingwood Heartland. Alex, how have you been? Very good, Damo. I feel for uh, everyone in our great state, and um, uh, looking forward to a grand final at Movie World on the Gold Coast. There's a bit of a lag there, Alex. You're not in Monaco or uh, Greece, are you? I'm afraid there is a bit of a lag. We're going to have to put up with that. Um, Let's just say um, I'm not on a yacht with Tony Mockbell, although if you hear waves crashing, that may (laughs) be the... um, the uh, local Mediterranean uh, little the bay I have next to the restaurant here. The Weisslitz uh, yacht. Correct. All right. Well, let's let's drive straight into it. I'll start with you, Al. What have you been uh, enjoying about the last fortnight, fortnight of uh, Collingwood COVID football? Look, the last couple of weeks, Damo, since, since we last had a pod, I've really enjoyed one thing above all else, the Quay Quay penetration. I'm going to call it. <laughs> I just think, Quainor, Isaac, if you're out there, I don't know where you learnt to kick the ball so nonchalantly and so far, but I believe that um, we have the makings of a real weapon coming out of defence there. And foot skills, uh, we know, are such a big part of the game. And I think that he's going to be a big part of our future. So, Quay Quay, that's, uh, that's been the highlight for me the last couple of weeks. Big raps on the young man. I think he's going to come into his. Uh, he's going to bubble up to the surface over the next few weeks. You'd think with his uh, with his youthful exuberance. What have you been liking, Turbo? Look, I just like. Uh, I think you know things were a bit stale a couple of weeks ago, and, and Bucks is really uh, throwing the team around. You know, we're seeing uh, Elliot in the midfield. We're seeing Stevo off half back. You know, it's a bit more. Uh, we've got a bit more pizzazz, uh, a bit more variety happening, uh, and and I'm enjoying it. 
I think we're moving, pretty we're looking pretty solid too. Moving the magnets, uh, it's always been a question mark around um, Nathan. Tends to have his favourites, or he, or he has over the last few years. So, I agree. I think it was um, it was a bit of a shock when when he announced that team. The Giants with the debutants. I think that was a changing of the guard for Nathan Buckley. And we've seen a lot of development and growth from Nathan over the last couple of years. So maybe this is just another um, another step on that uh, that that journey that he seems to be on. Uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've got, I'm going to admit, I've, I've never really been a big fan of our strength and conditioning guy. Mm. The, uh, the Irish anaconda-armed behemoth Kevin White. Uh, but I read an article and I'm sure all of the Collingwood fans out there listening have read the same article, but it was, um, it was a piece that he did in one of my favorite Irish rags, the, uh, Irish examiner, um, in which he, he kind of broke down the approach to health and fitness for the Collingwood football club, kind of changed my, uh, my thinking of the great man. He, he went on to basically call out the fact that AFL pre-seasons when compared to other sports are incredibly long. Um, and by the time the season rolls around, you've got a lot of players, especially young players who are, who are approaching those levels of fatigue before they've even played for a balls that even been bounced, which was quite interesting. Um, another, another point that I picked up from the article was uh, there was a big focus on running um, potentially too much and running in volume when not enough um, time was being spent on game skills, which was interesting because you've always heard, certainly from a Collingwood pre preseason um, point of view, that sometimes the balls are uh, caged up and locked away for a good four or five weeks before the players build up a level of fitness before they're deemed worthy to uh, to touch touch leather. And there was a few other points like uh, along the along the lines of just kind of manifesting that game. Um, you know, mentality at training and sort of training the way you play. So interesting article. I liked reading that. I kind of felt like it was less about the uh, surface at the Lexus Centre and more about potentially just some, um, you know, some new approaches to to fitness, which kind of, I guess, puts us in good stead given, given where everything's at at the moment. I'm not sure if you guys saw that article. I liked what he said about getting most of the running work done with ball in hand. And I know anecdotally that um, the players seem to like young Kevin White. He's a few years into the top uh, job, having taken over, I believe, from Bill Daverin, whose uh, name isn't mentioned down at Lexus Centre much these days because he presided over an ugly period of uh, injury. But Kevin's uh, yeah comment about training with balls sounds obvious, but getting your running loads in with the ball, and he really kind of shit-canned the old method of just like running laps. And I think as a player, you're going to want to train with the ball and you're going to enjoy yourself and engage with each other a lot better when you're mucking around with the ball because that's why they're all playing this game after all. Yeah, it's really interesting. He said they, they hardly ever run laps. I remember, I remember him saying that. Mm. And um, yeah, it's really interesting because he was saying that um, they do skills early in a session and a lot of the players would hold themselves back Um for the running session, which was about to come. And it was just completely like, I think his words were like, it's just a really backwards methodology. So Kevin White, uh, from here on in, we will not say a bad word provided there's no, you know, injury curse that should befall the club, but we're a fan of Kevin White. And that's, uh, that's what I've been loving. Mm -hmm. So let's get straight into the, uh, the big, the big news from this week. 
Um, we were actually contemplating doing an episode this week um, when uh, the pie hard fax machine lit up and it was a memo from head office just giving us the heads up that the season was going to get even weirder. I'll read it out now. The key points from the memo that we did receive was 33 matches across 20 straight days, four games in 14 days for the Collingwood Football Club, two four-day breaks within that uh, little cluster, and one away game in Adelaide. So we play the next two games in Perth. We play a game in Queensland, a game in Adelaide, and then a game back in Queensland. So four games in 14 days. It's the equivalent of an all-you-can-eat smorgasbord um, and a fixture that's really giving off really strong Big Bash vibes. And, you know, I think we can all admit at this point, especially with the latest announcement, that this season is basically just now a uh, truncated version of, of 2020 cricket. So uh, having adopted the Big Bash style, uh, I wanted to know what else the AFL could take from 2020 cricket to spice up the season. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, Al. Demo, I think it's a very interesting period, if you, as you've just alluded to. And if I was going to borrow something else, apart from the condensed fixturing of having a game every night, if I was to borrow something else from Big Bash, from T20, apart from the pyrotechnics, which I think would be fabulous after a goal, or maybe a goal out from outside 50, there could be some razzle-dazzle <laughs> of... Um, you know, sparks, fireworks, fireworks, fireworks on the boundary. I think that's a, that's a kind of a no-brainer for me. Just bring a bit more of that, um, you know, show business um, from uh, the the Premier League. What's it called? The um, <laughs> IPL. But if I was digging a little bit deeper and I wanted to borrow something from T20, I'd look at making it so in each quarter, each side is allowed to nominate two players who can wear pads and a helmet. <laughs> and I think if you look at that in cricket, that kind of protection that the players have, it gives them a license to express themselves with a bat. And I'm just picturing young, angry Pendlebury, Braden Maynard. He's already a bull at the gates. But imagine you put you put a lid on him and some, some padding and just the kind of incredible, uh, you know, energy he's going to bring just destroying the opposition. So that's my tip. Some pyrotechnics and um, some cricket pads. Love it. It's so it's so funny because I had uh, Ingrid Pendlebury on on what I wanted to see as well, but I just thought, and I mean they do it a little bit now, you know that they, they mic up the players, but they really do it a lot in the T Twenty. You see players mic'd up consistently, and I thought Braden Maynard mic'd up for the rest of the season. <laughs> just just. Angry, 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 angry for the rest of the season. Maybe him or Tay-Tay, probably the two angriest players on the list, uh, and just and just let them let them let it let it be a free for all. Scharenberg's pretty angry too. Just unfiltered, untrained. I, I think that's a great idea. I think you could charge for something like that too. I think the AFL is desperate for some uh, for some new revenue streams. So if you could get an unfiltered, explicit. Um, first-hand commentary from Braden Maynard during a football game. I'd, I'd pay. I'd pay five bucks for that. I've got a suggestion. So, along the lines of the cricketing theme, I want to take you guys and our listeners back to the summer of '94, '95. And before I go into this, I just want to stress that uh, four games in 14 days is going to be very incredibly tough, and clearly, it's going to stretch or push our depth. Uh, to the limit. I think we're well placed for it, but clearly um, 
that amount of wear and tear is going to going to impact the players. So if we do go back to the summer of 94, 95, when the Benson and Hedges Cup was expanded to involve four teams instead of three, I'm not sure if you remember this, guys, but there was Australia, England, Zimbabwe. And does anyone want to have a guess at the, the fourth team that played off? West Indies. No, it was Australia A. Mm. Yes. Now, Australia A featured up-and-coming names like Ponting, Matthew Hayden, Blewett, as well as some veterans. I think it was Paul Rifle, Merv Hughes, and a few others. And as we all know, the Australian A side was a revelation, probably too popular, I dare say, for, for Cricket Australia officials. They ended up ousting England to make the final, and whilst they were well beaten by Australia, the main Australian side in the finals, their popularity really peaked and, um, and owing to that kind of underdog status and that, you know, youthful, you know, exuberance and, and attacking style captured the hearts and minds of the cricketing public. And I think I want to put something to you. Mm. Do we think that Collingwood could adopt the Australian A model and select a Collingwood A side to potentially take on the Crows in Adelaide? Oh, the humiliation for Adelaide. Let's set it up. Let's set it up. So it, it removes the travel component, which is obviously going to be tough for the, for the players. It is against the weakest side in the competition as it stands. So that must be factored in. It would give uh, a much-needed break to some of the senior players who have played the majority of the games or anyone with a niggling soft tissue injury that we might not be aware of. We're aware of a lot of things on this podcast, but we might not know everything that's going on in the uh, current WA hub. So it could, it could give a, a healthy respite to some of those players. Um, gives important game time to some of the depth players. Now we know there's no um, secondary VFL competition this year. So being able to track and, and, and get a handle on some of the emerging talent is really difficult. Um, also for the players to kind of get much needed game time is kind of non-existent at the moment. And we can kind of get a sense of some of the untried players. So, I wanted to. I wanted to throw it to you guys. Do you think that's a that's a possibility? I know. I know. Collingwood fans would love to see a, um, you know, this kind of emerging youth team take on the uh, Adelaide Crows over at the uh, Adelaide Oval. I, I got to say, I'm I'm really confused. I thought Adelaide was uh, the Collingwood A team with with Ben Crocker and Paul Seisman lighting <laughs> up the city. So, are you saying that this is not the case, man? I gotta, I gotta pay attention more. I like that. There's good synergies with that. I think that that just further, you know, hammers home the case for this uh, Collingwood A model. What are you, what are you thinking, Al? I think it's brilliant, Damo. And I think we've got about forty ruckmen on our list at the moment. Um, if you include uh, all the uh, two hundred centimeter giants, so. We've certainly got enough depth in that department, and I dare say our midfield uh, runs pretty deep too. And it'd be great to see um, someone of the ilk of Lazy Mo potentially taking <clears throat> the captaincy over to Adelaide. Well, I'm, gra- I'm glad you brought up Lazy Mo because I've gone to the uh, I've gone to the enormous effort of actually picking a side <laughs> for Collingwood, Collingwood's first inaugural Collingwood A team to face Adelaide. And I want to run through some names. Now there's some names here. I've included some players who are coming back from injury, who I dare say will be touch and go right to go by the time we play Adelaide in three weeks time. I think it's three or four weeks time. So starting with the backs, we have our, well, one of our favorites on the Pie Hard podcast, Madgen, uh, Dunn at fullback and Greenwood 
in a back pocket. Halfbacks, we have Lazy Mo, Trent Bianco off a back flank. We have the Irish lad Keane mm. and we have Tommy, Tommy Langdon in the side for his first appearance in uh, in two years. Is Tom Langdon actually recovered or is this uh, – because I, you're getting me excited. I love the, um, you know, junior prom baron from Turak. Is he – is he come good? I think for the sake of this segment, we'll say he is uh, okay. he's looking oh, great. That's make-believe, okay. <laughs> and, and ready to go. <laughs> now, you might argue that our centre line is a, is a bit uh, a bit young, but we have Rantel, uh, Murphy, and our favourite, the Swede, Tom Wilson. Ah, the Swede. Uh, on, on a wing. Half forward, we have Broomhead, the Forgotten Man, Reed, and Josh Thomas. I like that as a forward line. Forwards are Cameron, Appleby, and Bosna Velagi, mm. love the Swede. And then followers Lynch, Lynch and Sire, who we'll, we'll touch on a little bit later in the podcast, but they're, they're forming a formidable uh, partnership on the likes of TikTok and the social media. So I think we should keep those guys together for the sake of content um, with Tyler Brown um, also in the followers bunch. And then Interchange. So we're running out of players here, so I've only got three on the bench. Um, but... Trey Rusco, our other Irish lad, Toe Hill. And I'm just going out here and I'm, I'm going to put Dane Beams on the be- bench as well. I think mm. uh, we could potentially need a solid body with the amount of uh, young kids picked in that team. And I think let's give him every opportunity to come back. I know he's been written off by many people out there, but I think, you know. Someone needs to get in there and throw their weight around. <laughs> someone needs to get in there and, uh, and break packs up. And I think... Dane Beams, we've, we've still got we've still got a tremendous amount of belief in you, but I think that's a pretty, on paper, pretty reasonable team to take on Adelaide over there. How long did this take you? Did you just read out everyone that's not playing in the first? <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially that's essentially what I did. But um, you'd hate to not make that team. <laughs> well, considering we're one short, the only one that really missed out was uh, How and the thick-headed snake, who of course would not be picked in the side anyway so if you don't make that team you just automatically get picked for adelaide so <laughs> all right well let's put it forward to uh the honchos at the collingwood football club we are rolling with collingwood a to take on adelaide crows in adelaide okay so moving along um it was also announced announced that collingwood would be moving to maroochydore mm. So after the round nine game against Fremantle, Collingwood is going to relocate to Queensland where the team will stay for the remainder of the season as far as we know. Now the Pies are going to stay at a little establishment on the Sunshine Coast called the Novotel. It's a resort in a place called Twin Waters. And it's just to set the scene for you guys, it's a resort-style hotel um, that features a lagoon-style pool within the center of the um, of the compound property and its own private beach. So the best of both worlds, you can lounge with a cocktail by the lagoon pool or you can um, swim with the sharks in the in, in its own private beach, which sounds to me pretty pretty good setup. What did you say was the name of the, um, uh, the resort? Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Demo. Sorry to interrupt. Now, that sounds pretty good on paper, but uh, what has the Pie Hard team slightly concerned is the uh, hotel's four-star rating. Now, surely the biggest club in Australia 
should not be settling for anything less than five stars. And so we did a little bit of, uh, let's call it research on behalf of the club. And I've got to say, after a very comprehensive review of the facilities on TripAdvisor, uh, it has me very concerned. Now, for legal reasons, I just want to flag that these are all legitimate reviews on the TripAdvisor site. So um, anyone from Novotel and or their legal officers that have a gripe with what I'm about to say, you can take it up with the uh, your customers basically uh, on TripAdvisor. But let me just take you through a couple of the reviews of the Novotel Sunshine Coast Resort in Twin Waters. <clears throat> House cleaner, a stealer. <laughs> Beware not to leave valuables in viewing range. Went to the beach and came back to my daughter's phone to see my daughter's phone stolen after the room had been cleaned. Manager denied it was his workers. So, okay, not great, but, you know, probably as players, we just can't leave too many valuables out. So I think that's something that the players could probably deal with. Tired and run down. The lounge room carpets were just full of many multiple stains and furniture was old, stained, dirty, with holes in the armrests from rips and cigarette burns. 25 years ago, this was a great resort. Nothing done since it appears. Staff are lovely and helpful though and the, kangar- and the kangaroos were friendly and it made a very Australian flavour. Sounds like Rupert Bathares' bedroom at Vic Park. It does. Sounds like a step down from Rupert's uh, Rupert's nest in the uh, in the Sharon stand. So I've got a couple more. Bad weekend. Very old rooms, and it smelled. I had no car parking spot, and the food was overpriced. I had beer, burger, plus a large beer and a large wine, and it cost me ninety four dollars. <laughs> so we're talking. This is like this is Weisslet's money now. So I hope. Anyone that's not um, on the big six figures at the Collingwood Football Club is going to get a very rude shock when they order their four beers, one large wine and and burger. Woefully managed resort. If you want to reminisce your childhood days on school camp, then book a stay at this resort. And discrimination at its finest. We were told we could not be served at the bar without a shirt or shoes. Next, Next minute, someone else is being served. I'm assuming it's, you know, in a shirt or without a shirt or without shoes. Absolutely disgusting service. Could not believe how bad it was. I'll never return. And that was Neil Baum. <laughs> <laughs> so the Maruchidor Magpies have, uh, oh, let's just say that the Novotel has approximately uh, 14 days to um, start scrubbing. This is like, like, like an episode of Ramsey's Hotel Nightmares. They need to get... They need to get those blue lamps out. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the um, semen lamps. Get in the room and start. Oh. Here's a question could, could it actually cost us a game? Well, this is what players aren't sleeping well. Like St. Kilda's staying in Noosa, like a bit of, you know, a bit of mouth on the field. Like, wow, well, you guys are in that rubbish Novotel. You know, maybe maybe it'll bring down the spirits and no one can sleep, bed bugs, you know. Well, you know what they say? They say, help, uh, uh, happy wife, happy life. So, Pretty soon a lot of these wags are going to be joining the players and if they're, you know, if they're confronted with this kind of scenario in the hotel room when they're used to uh, all of the finest um, facilities that Elwood or Koran or, or Turak can provide, they're going to be, they're going to have a right, you know, in a right mind be furious and, and maybe that's going to rub off on the players and maybe that's, uh, I, yeah. mean, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, but we'll see how just just how the Novotel impacts the, uh, the next couple of weeks for the Collingwood Football Club. 
And I just got to say, if any if any players are thinking about being thrifty and and thinking of doubling down and having a wedding, uh, there there is a review that is labelled wedding disasters. So maybe no one get married. I know you're thinking that you can cut the budget out by 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 staying at the Novotel, doubling down, having a wedding. Don't do it. I'm just worried about what old Kevin White's going to do when all the GPS monitors go missing with bloody housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll be able to follow them, won't he? He'll have a computer, so he'll be able to track them down, I imagine. That's true. Yeah, they'll be doing like five-meter sprints up and down with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> oh, we love you, Novotel. And if you're thinking of sponsoring uh, Pie Hard after that one, we are, we are more than willing to talk any, um, any potential sponsorship. <laughs> Uh, what I want to know is uh, how many negative reviews are there going to be from uh, at the Novotel after people have been around the Collingwood players? <laughs> well, look, are people allowed in the Novotel? I don't know. Okay, so moving right along, we've got some more pie-hard news. Uh, now, a player's been in the news over the last couple of weeks, and it's not what you're thinking, Turbo. Uh, it's, uh, there's, there's no alcohol involved. There's no sexual assaults. There's no criminal aspect to this one, but I'm talking about Max Lynch. For those of you out there who are asking who is Max Lynch, he is our, would you, would you call him our backup Ruckman? He's our backup, backup, backup Ruckman. Because backup, backup, backup I'm pretty sure the pecking order would go Grundy, Cameron, Cox, Darcy Moore. Then Max Lynch. So I think he's the backup, 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 Ruckman. Did you mention Did you mention Roughhead? Oh yeah, sorry. He's a backup, 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 backup. So he's, backup. he's the boot starter. <laughs> I don't know why we're stockpiling Ruckman, but my theory is this might help us in this fixture squash we've got coming up. We could probably field Collingwood A, B, and C teams with the amount of tools. Well, as our fifth string Ruckman, and no one's seen him play, where we we can't provide too many uh, details on his performance, but he has been lighting up another area of um, of performance over the last few weeks. Al, you've got the lowdown on that one. Oh, look, I had to ask myself the same question, Damien. Who is Max Lynch? Because he's making a name for himself um, on social media before he's played a game, and uh, I had to look him up. He's um, 21 years old, pick 51 in the 2016 rookie draft. 200 centimetre backup, 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 Ruckman, as we've just mentioned. Um, soccer was his main sport until recently, so that's a bit of a trend. It certainly worked with our Scott, but um, that, that's, uh, that's a high bar to set. Um, apparently, anecdotally, besties with Bear, as you mentioned, Damien. They get together and kind of egg each other on in the social media stakes. Uh, that's um, Bear Sire. And 2020 sponsor of Max Lynch is EcoChem, otherwise known as Alicia and Dylan Latursky. And boy, are they getting bang for their sponsorship buck. <laughs> EcoChem. <laughs> according to the uh, club website. It sounds like, sounds like the, um, you know, the start of Batman where the Joker falls into the... the <laughs> <laughs> the massive, the massive vat of green bubbling liquid. But we are, we obviously we are big fans of EcoChem. EcoChem, yeah, they replaced the spa water in um, at Vic Park with EcoChem, just so they're not going to have any of those <laughs> issues ever again. <sighs> but um, in terms of what we're actually talking about here, Max Lynch has been on. Is it TikTok? Uh, Damo, is that what he's been on? Yes, yes, yeah, and we are. Oh, look. 
We were early on TikTok. It has to be said. Um, so uh, most we, of our socials are right. We uh, yes, exactly. We've got just under seven million fans on TikTok at the moment, which is quite low. But you know, considering TikTok is a is a fledgling um, social media platform, it's it's not a bad start. But yes, TikTok is the uh, is the video is for the older Collingwood fans out there. It's the video-based social platform that is blowing up around the world. Lots of music, lots of dance, lots of performance, lots of like small snackable pieces of uh, creativity coming from the world. And and Mr. Lynch seems to be uh, really coming, you know, really bubbling up to the surface in terms yes. of his skills. Yes. Well, I've, I've checked out one of these. I've snacked on one of these uh, snackable portions <laughs> and, it's difficult to explain what exactly takes place, but um, you can look it up. It's been shared on Twitter as well. It's a Max Lynch original where they're in the Hub Hotel. I presume it's in Perth. And Max Lynch is getting around the place, breaking all the rules. Um, for instance, he's making a Milo at this self-serve kind of coffee station and he spills it, even though there's a there's a uh, sign which says, clean up after yourself. And, of course, when he spills it, they cut to that captain, Scott Pendlebury, just shaking his head. Um, and this is a, re- a repeated kind of scenario where he keeps on stuffing up. I mean, he plays a piano in the hotel, even though the piano says, uh, "Not, don't play me, I'm broken. He just has a go at that. Um, he jumps in the pool, even though there's a sign outlawing that particular activity. And it's a bizarre kind of absurdist Comedy set to um, a, a throwback pop classic of some variety, um, with a cameo from Scott Pendlebury, and it quite frankly blew my mind. I mean, this is far more sophisticated content than the Collingwood Media Department could even imagine <laughs> putting out to the to the Collingwood faithful. And so, my suggestion here is: I know that football department spending is being cut savagely due, due to COVID. And I think the uh, the next cut should basically be uh, the, the footy media department because um, without going into detail, if you've ever listened to their official podcast, you know what I mean, it's um, it's got it's got its issues. So get rid of them, bring Max in, Lynch in, give him the keys to the media department, and we've got a two for one. I love it. I, I, I also think, I, I, sorry, sorry, Toby, I also think, look, without, you know, we're all relying on these scratch matches for... Um, you know, for a sense of who's doing what and form and who can come in and play a role. When the reality is, I, I look, the game of football is is clearly these days played above the shoulders. So, you know, there's that that many data inputs and instructions from coaches, multiple coaches, that you need to, you need to have a good grasp on the the finer detail. It's all about giving players confidence. Now, if Max Lynch, you know can pull together a great TikTok video or he cooks a bang-up pasta dish at the hub or wins a hand of Uno, well, then I think that they're the kind of indicators that we need to start looking at from a performance point of view. So forget about games, forget about hit-outs, forget about GPS tracking. Let's start breaking down individual players' performances within the hubs, whether it's a game of table tennis or whether it's, you know, parking a golf buggy. Set these indicators, and of course, if Max Lynch is is nailing them, then naturally he should probably come in, potentially at the expense of of, of a Grundy. Um, yeah, and I think it would keep all the players on their toes, especially in the the boredom and minutia of uh, of hub life. 
Maybe Grundy goes to the Collingwood A team to get a bit of uh, another week in the in the you know on the on the homeland uh, as like a you know thank you for your service uh, and Max uh, comes into the uh, to the real team. Precisely, I think the I think the ruck coach I think is Anthony Rocker. I'm not sure if he's he's still the ruck coach, but he sits down with Grundy and he looks at his social timeline and he says, "Look, here's where I think you can improve." Uh, we're seeing a lot of content with dogs. We're seeing a lot of content around DIY. Um, projects at home but what we really want to see is this you know this Max Lynch creativity you know grab a grab a grab Buckley yeah Lynch it grab Buckley do something funny do something comical lay a track on top of it and then you know I'm pretty sure you can you can force your way back into the team but Mm. I mean speaking of Lynchian Max Lynch sorry Lazy Mo Trent Bianco (laughs) Max Lynch Sorry. That's a green bubbling liquid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right. So speaking of weathered thespian faces, uh, we saw the return of Jordan Dugowie against the Cats on the weekend. And, look, lots of discussion and talk about uh, the thick-headed snake. Um, lots of talk about who do you keep out of Moore and Dugowie. Has he lost it? Is he in second gear? Is he fit? Is he unfit? And I think he, uh, should he be playing, I think is, uh, is also a, a very valid comment at the moment given everything that's going on outside of football. But I've got to say, uh, recaptured something of his uh, 2008 form, 2018 form, sorry, where the ball was going in and he just didn't look like, you know, massacring his, his opponent and just doing it all uh, on, on a whim. So... I wanted to talk to you guys about Dugowie's performance, obviously uh, soured by a pretty significant finger injury, which could potentially, uh, you know, bring down the curtain on his, on his 2020 season. But, uh, wow, what did we think of that? I think we called it on the last episode of Pie Hard. We think we said, we said he'd have a big game. What, what, was, your, uh, what was your instincts watching that one, uh, Turbo, from, from the Gold Coast? Well, you know, it's uh, it was great. Uh, it was uh, long overdue, um, but yeah, he was just he was bullocking and, and powerful. So, but yeah, the injuries are a bit a bit sour. Um, yeah, whether he should be playing or not, I guess is 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 this that's qualm the question now, uh, at least for the next four or five weeks. So, hopefully, uh, that all gets resolved. Before I get to you, uh, Al, just just a little bit more about this injury. So he he finished the game with some pretty significant strapping. I'm not I'm not too familiar with this uh, kind of flexor tendon vibe that's going on here. But um, you know, if Collingwood do make a pretty solid run to the finals, top four, um, the 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 six to eight weeks potentially, if if everything goes to plan, puts him on the cusp of finals. Is it something you can potentially strap up, maybe with a bit of a uh, you know? A, a splint or something and, and throw him out there. I mean, it didn't seem to impede him that much uh, on uh, on the weekend. Is it an injury that you can push through? History uh, speaks for itself, right? 1990, Darren Mullane, uh, broken thumb. I don't know whether it was – he definitely played the grand final uh, with a broken thumb, but it's, uh, I don't know if he played – I don't know when he broke it. Do, does anyone know when he broke it? Well, there's, this, there's a story, isn't it, that he um, – I think he broke it in the final game. Look, right in at Pie Hard Podcast uh, on on our socials. If if I'm way off here, but I think he broke it in the in the final game leading into the um, finals, and subsequently rebroke it every game. 
Just handballing. Right? Just touching the ball. I mean, it was, it was a broken hand, wasn't it? It was a broken it was a, thumb. It was a broken thumb. Okay. Well, certainly, you know, thumbs are pretty important in the in the game at the moment, and certainly back in 1990. But I, I believe that's what happened. But remarkable effort, clearly, from a from a soldier. Mm. Okay. Well, that's it for another big episode of the Pie Hard Podcast. Clearly, it's going to be a huge month for the Collingwood Football Club as they move, dig, settle in the Sunshine Coast and adapt to playing four games in 14 days. As always, the Pie Hard team will be there to deliver the hottest cultural takes on the biggest football club in the land. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you too, listener, for, for uh, joining us. Please hit us up on socials at Pie Hard Podcasts. Let us know what you thought of the show. Let us know about our concept for Collingwood A. Uh, let us know if you've got a positive review on the Novotel Twin Waters Resort. We'd love to hear from you. This is Pie Hard. Pie Hard.